welcome to the Devil's Cardigan podcast, brought to you by Little Rivers Brewery, Roll Cycles, Shimano Australia, Pock Sports, the Blue Derby Pods Ride, Cyborg Signs, and the Dorset Hotel Derby. In this episode, Danny catches up with Coda Nutrition founder and CEO, Daryl Griffiths. Daryl is passionate about sports nutrition, providing personalized nutrition strategies and advice to hundreds of world-class athletes for the past 20 years. All his insights about nutrition for athletes have come from research, questioning, testing what works and what doesn't, and learning in the field by working closely with athletes in training and competition. Coda Nutrition has been a sponsor of the Devil's Cardigan race from the start, and when you're riding your bike, let alone racing it in the middle of a Tasmanian winter, nutrition is definitely key. We hope you enjoy this conversation. G'day, Daryl. How are you going? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on board. It's, um, yeah, we've been talking about this for quite a while now, and it's uh, good good to finally get there. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Um, well, being a Tassie boy now, I, uh, I know the area pretty well, and I know it's going to be uh, a tough race, a lot of climbing, and uh, the cold conditions, uh, well... We were talking about this before. It's either going to be cold or very cold, I think. So, uh, <laughs> but that's that's a challenge in itself. And uh, while we're having this chat today about how that changes your nutrition strategy, yeah, very good. Yeah, it's um, yeah, different world, especially those living in uh, Queensland and WA. It's good to um, yeah, good to get them thinking about the conditions here, and uh, yeah, very good. So, um, give us a bit about your background, Daryl, and how you got into the nutrition game, and um, how you started out. I believe you were you were firefighting when you when the seed was first planted for it was. this uh, career. Yeah, exactly. As a firefighter uh, in WA in Perth, where you know you get pretty hot conditions and and with a lot of bushfires, and over time. Uh, I recognised that some firefighters handled the heat better than others, and at the time, I was uh, competing for tr- uh, competing triathlon in WA and was pretty fit at the time. And the thing that intrigued me was I was struggling a bit more than these other guys. I knew I was way fitter than I, I knew I was. There was no question about that. But um, I was a bit more dissevelled after a, a hot day fighting bushfires than they were and it intrigued me and it bothered me too. Um, very long story short and after a lot of testing and research and of my own, um, what I worked out was that these firefighters had a lower sweat rate. So the amount they sweat, that they sweat was low, but they all had a very low sodium concentration in their sweat. And uh, at that time we were all given a Gatorade powder. So we're all drinking the exact same thing. And what it basically meant was these guys and and some girls who um, handled the hot conditions better were able to minimise their losses because they weren't losing as much. And uh, so that was, was, uh, you know, a three three to five year sort of journey trying to learn all that. Yep. And then... um, once I, I understood all that, I thought, well, you know, if this is, this has got to be the same for athletes. So then I started testing athletes for their sweat rates, their sodium concentration, all those sorts of things. And then the, a pattern started to appear that, you know, these athletes that I was working with who did very well on the heat had much lower numbers than others that had a bit more of a struggle. So that's where um, developing the products, um, allowing the athlete to then customize and 
address their needs better. Yeah. And then by doing that, they were then able to perform better in hotter conditions than they were before. Um, and, and the interesting thing was that the athletes who had a high sweat rate and high sodium concentration in their sweat did much better in cold conditions. Yeah, than the Yeah, so there was a trade-off. Um, so we'll all have a unique physiology that will do a bit better in, in certain conditions than others. And what I've worked out over the years, what I think the reason for that is, is, is that the athletes that do very well in the heat don't perform that well in the cold because they just can't get their muscles warm enough. They operate at a higher core temperature. Right. So in these colder conditions, um, which people who are doing the devil's carding will experience um, soon, yep. that they might think about um, what sort of athlete they are and whether they operate better in the cold or the heat. And if they are an athlete that, that prefers the heat, then you have to think about the type of clothing that they're wearing and maybe dress a bit more appropriately than they, they normally would. So that's, that's the first thing to think about. No worries. And is, is there always a correlation between uh, sweat loss and sodium loss? Uh, do some people uh, sweat more but don't need the sodium that, that other people do? Spot on. There's no, there's no pattern. So okay. you can be low and low. You can be low and moderate. You can be low and high. Yes. You can be moderate and low, moderate and moderate and moderate and high and or moderate and very high or high yeah. and high. Like um, if you have a very high sweat rate and a very high sodium concentration in your sweat, then uh, there's going to be times where you just struggle a lot more than others simply because firstly, you're limited to what your stomach can tolerate. Yes. But the gap between how much you're losing in those conditions and how much your stomach can tolerate yeah. And can be sometimes just too much. Um, so with those athletes that we we sort of address that and we say, look, um, if you're going to do a race, pick cooler races. Don't go to Singapore or Malaysia or Thailand or anywhere where it's hot and humid. Yeah. Pick your cooler races. Um, so there will be some athletes who will have a better engine in the cold yeah. for this event than some others who, who might be better than them in a, a hotter condition. So, yeah, 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 it's kind of interesting. It is. It is. There's a bit of a bit of a trade-off there. And what advice would you have for those people that um, do prefer the hot conditions when, when they're coming to Tassie? Yeah. Just, just wear warmer clothing? Correct, and, yeah. yeah. So when, when we're working with athletes who, you know, do well in the heat, yep. um, they'll use they'll, – they'll maybe wear an extra jacket – Yep. Or they'll wear longans, or you know something that just to keep a bit more warmth in. And because what we what they want to get, make sure is they get those muscles to that operating, yep. uh, that that uh, core temperature that they operate best at. Yep. And sometimes in the cold conditions, they just find that they can't get there. Yeah. So, um, just dressing a bit more appropriately in the earlier parts, um, which sometimes logistically might be difficult, but if you can put some thought around it. Um, you might be able to drop a jacket off. You might be able to take one off somewhere and, and yeah. drop it off somewhere or whatever, but um, or fold it up and put it in your back pocket. Yes. But um, being mindful of that is, uh, is, is a good way to plan for this sort of event. Absolutely. Yeah, we will have a few feed station, uh, eat stations around the course. So, um, yeah, there'll be an opportunity to shed some layers um, or put more on potentially um, if required. 
So is, are there any basic tests you can do to start figuring out your hydration levels and, and sodium levels? Or uh, I know you have a, um, a, what's it called? A sweat test, is sweat it? Sweat test, yeah. Yeah, a sweat test that you do offer, which is a um, some products you can you can purchase to, to measure at a higher level. Yeah, so we have the sweat test kit, which um, you can do at home. Yes. Um, and it analyzes the, uh, the sodium concentration of your sweat. Um, so that gives us an idea of whether you're low, moderate, high or high uh, sodium concentration. And the thing, you, the, the interesting thing about your sodium concentration is that it's pretty much the same all the time. It doesn't change that much. Mm-hmm. What does change is the volume of sweat that you lose. Okay. Yeah. And that's dictated by the weather conditions yep. and the intensity that you're competing at. Okay. So if you alter the weather conditions or the environmental um, conditions... And the intensity that you're operating at, yep. you'll get a different sweat rate. Okay. But that sodium concentration yep. will remain the same. So sodium stays the same no matter how much water you're drinking. Correct. And yep. that's why um, brings us to the next topic of how uh, you prefer to keep uh, electrolyte separate from calories. Yeah, so your hydration and your calories are, are kept separate. Exactly, and that's, yep. that's the exact reason you can do that. Then you can manage your electrolyte. And, and keep the calories separate. Yeah, yeah. So hydration is always changing. Yeah. So it's going to be different every time you experience different weather conditions. Mm-hmm. So it's based on you, you drink based on how much you're losing at the time. And if it's cold conditions, like the devil cutting is very likely to be, the hydration component's not going to be near as important as if we were running this race in Queensland or you know Northern Territory or somewhere like that. Yep. That's where hydration becomes really important yep. uh, because um, the, the reason that we drink is that we want to minimise blood volume loss. And the water that ends up in our skin when we do sweat comes from the water component of our blood. Our blood's about 80% water. So as we're losing that sweat and not replacing it properly, we've got less blood available. Yep. Blood's our lifeline. So if our blood volume's low... We're simply not performing as well as we could. That's when you get a bit dizzy and start seeing yeah, yeah, you, you, two people instead of one and things like well, that. Well, that's right. If it, <laughs> if it gets too bad, absolutely. Um, yeah. We're not going to have that issue here at Devil's Cardigan. Um, and this is the, the main reason that we separate hydration and calories because with your typical sports drink that, you know, it's all in one, that's all you need, just put two scoops of powder in water. Yeah. What that company is saying, or the message they're sending, is that everyone is exactly the same. So we all have to drink the same volume, regardless of whether it's 3 degrees or 33 degrees. We all have to have the same amount of energy because we're all operating at the same intensity. Exactly. And we all have to have the exact same amount of sodium because we all have the same amount of sodium in our sweat. So this one size fits all, all because that's all we hear in the marketing because it's easy sell. Yeah. But the fact is, um, hydration is very unique to each individual, and the amount you need to drink changes based on the, uh, the environmental conditions that you're experiencing. So for this sort of race, oh, you know, and we, we don't know how cold it's going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be cold. Yep. We, we, we know that. It's Tassie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost yeah. the middle of <laughs> middle of winter. It's pretty much in the middle, yep. Yeah. So um, you know might you might only need one or two hundred mils an hour. Yep. 
Yep. Um, some might need three or 400 mil, but it's not going to be a lot more than that. Um, so if you're relying on your calories in your drink, then it's very likely you're not going to get anywhere near enough calories unless you force yourself to drink a volume way beyond what you need. Correct. And what that's just going to, it's just going to cause stomach issues and it's going yep. to slow you down. Correct. So um, by separating your hydration and your calories is that you can maintain your calorie intake, uh, a consistent intake, re- whether it's five degrees or 15 or 25 or 35. Yep. So same amount of calories every hour. But the volume of fluid you drink, you can change based on the weather conditions that you're experiencing. That's right. Which you need to be able to do if you want to make sure you don't compromise the stomach, mm-hmm. but still push the same amount of power that you're expecting to for the whole entirety of the of the event. And conditions can change throughout the race as well. Could Absolutely. Start out cold in the morning and then... Uh, that's right. We could go one out of the box. Day. Yeah. We could do. <laughs> and that's the thing too. A lot of people haven't been to Tassie before. If we do get a 20 degree day, yeah, yeah, 20 with the sun out, um, it, it can get pretty warm. Absolutely. Um, it's like a 27, 28 degree day anywhere else. Absolutely. So that's something to be mindful of as well. For sure. For sure. So um, that that brings us into the nutrition component, um, and uh, you uh, have two different products available. You have a bar and a gel. Uh, can you just take us through the the differences between the bar and the gel, and and maybe um, some sort of rough guide as to consumption rates? Yeah, sure. So the the Coda gel. That's the basically what it is. It, and a lot of people run the impression that it's just sugar. Um, yeah. Our gel is just ground down corn. So it's the, the, the science behind it is that it's pre-digested in its manufacture. And basically what that means is that when it arrives into the stomach, the, the stomach recognizes what it is already. So there's no need for it to have to um, convert it into anything, but it's just already in that form that it recognizes, passes, uh, passes straight through the pyloric, sphinct- the pyloric sphincter, into the duodenum and then into the bloodstream is glucose. And that's, um, that's doing two things. That's feeding our muscles or, or assisting to feed our muscles and also our brain. Um, so the, the benefit of a gel is that it's, it's distributed to the, to the muscles very quickly with a very, very small amount of energy. And that's yeah. called thermic effect. So the low thermic effect means it can um, provide us energy quickly um, with a very, very small amount of blood having been to be taken away from the active muscles. So that's the key to that particular product. And the bar is, uh, it's just a, bake, it's a date base, um, very natural. There's no preservatives, anything like that. And the, the reason we do that and, and make the products as natural as possible is less likely to upset the stomach. And that's the biggest feedback we get with our products is that um, it's generally the only one I can take that doesn't upset my stomach. Um, and that all comes down to the formulations and being very mindful of the quality of the ingredient. Um, so the bar is um, it's around about 200 calories. It's split in half, so you've got two pieces. Yes. Um, but it's a very moist, easy to chew, easy to swallow, easy to eat, even at elevated heart rate. Um, the, the thing is, there's no right or wrong about um, how you consume your calories. It's about um, personal preference, whether you can take gels all day or you can have gels and, and a solid food option, yep. a combination of both or just solid foods. There's really no right or wrong. It's a very personal preference. 
Um, the key is making sure that you take a consistent amount of calories each hour. And that's really based on how often you consume that food. Yep. So, for example, for, for a cyclist, um, and the thing with gravel riding is a little bit different from road riding, where your stomach's a bit more relaxed in road riding. Um, you know, we're going to have a few more bumps in gravel. So our stomach's not as um, accommodating yep. during this sort of event. And the same with mountain biking as well. Um, so the, the amount we can consume is sometimes a bit less than what it would be on a road bike. Because okay. on a road bike, our stomach's nice and comfortable and relaxed. Yep. Here it's moving around a bit more. Um, and then even um, more so when we're running. Um, yeah. yeah, you gave me the running example yesterday when mm. I was talking to you that uh, uh, running, they have a lot of trouble consuming enough calories to, to get them going because uh, stomach doesn't like getting bounced around. Yeah, that's right. It's like a washing machine. So yeah, yeah. it's going to, it, 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 it um, dictates how much your stomach can actually tolerate at elevated heart rate. Yep. So with with um, gravel riding, you're kind of in the middle there of uh, of that road riding and running in regards to what your stomach can tolerate. So, but most for this sort of event, um, you would aim for a gel anywhere between every thirty minutes and every forty minutes. Yep. Or half a piece of bar every thirty to forty minutes. That that sort of yeah. around there. So if you sort of aim for that two hundred to two hundred and thirty calories an hour. Yep. Uh, it's a pretty good um, amount to aim at. Clearly, you're going to be burning a lot more than that. It's probably more likely going to be anywhere between how, oh, depending on how fast you're going, yeah. um, anywhere between sort of 500 and 800 calories an hour. Yep. Um, so um, aiming for that sort of 200 to 230 calories an hour is probably not a bad yep. um, amount, particularly yep. with this, this sort of event. And um, yeah, we, with everything here, it's about uh, trialing it in practice, in, in training, um, figuring out what works best for you. And then uh, when you rock up on race day, you know what you're up against. Yeah, that, you know? that's the, yeah, spot on. Uh, understanding what your stomach can tolerate because yeah. we're, we're all different and our digestive system is very different. Uh, yeah. I have some 50 kilo athletes who can tolerate a greater amount of calories than a 90 kilo athlete. Yeah, right. It's just because their digestive system is more yeah. robust. Um, so, so it's not a you know it's not a size thing. No, it no. used to be back in the day. It used to be one gram of carbohydrate per kilo per hour or something like that. You know that that's the um, the loose guide. Yeah. Now, yeah. where that's flawed is that if you've got two seventy kilo athletes, yeah, one seventy kilo athlete wants to win the race and they're you know on the yeah. rivet to do that. Yes. The other 70 kilo athlete is really happy just to finish the race. They weigh the same. Yep. Now, you can't provide the same amount of calories to two athletes weigh the same who have got very, very different goals in mind. Yeah, different intensities. Correct, yeah. So the 70 kilo athlete who wants to win the race is going to be taking on a hell of a lot more calories than the 70 kilo athlete who is just um, you know, keen to finish. Yeah. I think you, you gave me the example yesterday of Nathan Earl, uh, one yeah. of the friends of the cardigan, good lad. He, uh, what, what was he going through? Three gels an hour or something Yeah, like that. with the uh, after Ninverell race, he won one year, yeah. Um, yeah, right. The boys told me after the race how many he dropped and I'm amazed his stomach was able to tolerate that much, but um, it, everyone's different. We've got some 24-hour yeah. mountain bikers who will take one gel every 25 minutes. 
uh, for the whole entirety of the 24 hours. And if they have any solid food options, they just, they, they feel sick. So they find gels work best for them. But then yeah. there's others who just need to just swap it out a bit and just change it around. But the key is to just keep matching that same amount of calories every hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah, that's what I, I like to, to mix it up, have a combination of the, the bars and the gels. But, um, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. Just uh, get out there, give it, a, give it a practice, see what works for you and uh, crack on with that. So, um, so we've gone through that. So, your favorite topic, Daryl. I see, um, I see some in, in football, um, ultra running and, and other sports, they're, um, they're all talking about this pickle juice. What are, you, what are your thoughts on pickle juice, Daryl? Well, not, <laughs> well, I'm not a fan, to be honest. Um, they talk about this neural sense and all this sort of stuff. Like the fact is, if you're having to take that sort of stuff, you just haven't managed your sodium intake as well as you could, yeah. Because uh, that's all pickle juice is. If you look at the side of the ca- the side of the bottle, it's 860 milligrams of sodium and then a little bit of potassium. That's all that's in it. It's the sodium that's stopping the cramping, not some neural thing that's going on with the brain or whatever they talk about. It's simply sodium, and wow. the reason that. Um, these athletes and, and at, a, at a very high level mm-hmm. are having to need this is because firstly they haven't been tested but so the the sports dietitian doesn't have an understanding of the sodium concentration in their sweat okay. they're not getting anywhere near enough so they're using this quick fix now you're, you've already slowed down long before you've experienced a muscle cramp yeah your power output is way lower than it should be up until that point so the key is to manage your sodium properly in the first place, then you don't need these quick fix solutions. Yeah. Um, Prevention is better than the cure, hey? Absolutely. You know, you, you want to maintain that power output, a power output consistently for the whole way through. You don't want to have a, a point where you're slowing down because you haven't addressed your needs properly and then go searching for a quick fix. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my... <laughs> that's my um, uh, I, I just get concerned by l- watching these elite athletes not being told the right things. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not hard at that level to have an understanding of each player's unique physiology. Yeah. And if that player has a unique physiology that means they need a bit more sodium than someone else, then address it. Don't wait. Don't give them the exact same thing as everyone else, and then give them a quick fix solution because they haven't got the first bit. Right. You haven't got the first bit right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting one. Interesting. So um, let's let's go through. Uh, you you've already touched on it a bit, but uh, let's go through the the your product range and uh, what they're made up of, and um, yeah, cover that off. So your electrolyte tablets. That's pretty much sodium, isn't it? Yeah, it's an effervescent tablet. So um, I've deliberately left the potassium and the magnesium component lower there is some in there but it's a it's a lot less than the actual sodium component mm-hmm. and the reason for that is that that sodium is extracellular and what that means is it's mainly present in the bloodstream and we lose a lot more sodium than any other electrolyte yeah. um, potassium and, and magnesium are intracellular they're inside the cell and in fact the amount of magnesium we lose in sweat is next to zero yeah, right. Um, the most I've ever seen in the testing I've done over the last 20-odd years is about four milligrams. Yeah. Sodium concentration in sweat, the majority of the ones that I've 
that I've tested. Um, now there's some outliers of you know around 300 and and some at 3,000, so it's a big range. Yep. But the majority, 90 uh, percent of them, are sort of between 800 milligrams and 1,800 milligrams. That's kind of where the um, where the uh, the range is mostly. Yeah, yeah. So you know when um, when you're formulating these sorts of things, what I had to be mindful of was by taking out the calories, what we could do then was increase the amount of sodium for those athletes that had a so higher sodium concentration in their sweat. And, and I was one of them. Mine's up around 1,700 milligrams. Right. So every time you add more tablets to uh, increase the amount of sodium, you're increasing everything else as well. Yeah. So that's deliberately why I, I left the magnesium and potassium low because if you consume too much potassium during activity, it can cause hyperkalemia, which is heart arrhythmia. And what happens is the, the potassium builds up in the blood. And for an athlete, that means uh, nausea and muscle fatigue, the two things you want to avoid. <clears throat> so um, there was a lot, of, a lot of applied research and a lot of going back and forth with the formulation. And what we came up with towards the end was um, 430 milligrams of sodium in each tablet. You could add two or two and a half tablets to the to your water bottle to increase the amount of sodium to address your needs if you had a higher sodium concentration in your sweat. Yep. Mm. Without getting too much magnesium. Or... With, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they used to actually promote magnesium tablets to, to stop cramping. Oh, yeah. Back, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the fact is, if you eat a, a healthy diet, yep. you're getting enough magnesium. You, you generally don't have to supplement. It, the only... The only demographic that need to supplement magnesium are the ones that don't do a lot of exercise and eat a lot of processed foods. Yeah, right. They're not getting enough magnesium. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, our demographic who uh, eat well, do a lot of exercise, we're told sodium, you know, make sure you, you know, you, you use it sparingly. Yeah. No, not not our demographic. That's no. that's the 68% of the population who do very little exercise, if any. Don't experience sweat loss and eat a lot of processed foods. Yeah, right. Okay. We need sodium. It's super important mineral. Yeah. And once you start to address it properly, it, it'll make a massive difference to how you not just how you feel, but how you function. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And the uh, the electrolyte tablets they they come in a bundle of about a dozen. Is that right? No, there's twenty in a tube. Twenty. Yeah, yep. an effervescent tablet. Um, here's the interesting thing is that sometimes when I'm working with athletes, if they've got a, a, an important event coming up and we don't have enough time to test them <clears throat> to have an understanding of their sodium concentration, yep. I'll do a palatability test. So I'll say, look, next time you go out for a ride, I want you to put two and a half tablets or three tablets in a bottle. Yep. Make sure it's a, a you know it's solid ride and make sure that um, you, know, you get to a point where you're you're operating at, a, at, at a, a core temperature that you would normally operate when you're competing. Yep. And I want you to taste that drink. And I want you to tell me what you think of that. Now, if that athlete has a low sodium concentration in their sweat, they will find that two and a half to three tablet mix way too overpowering and unpalatable. Yeah. If that athlete has a high sodium concentration in their sweat, they'll come back and say, oh, that's the ticket. That tastes really good. I like that. So... Palatability can sometimes be a good indicator um, of of your requirements. And if you do a you do a test like that, would it be 
important to mimic race conditions and the, and the intensity you'd be putting out? Absolutely. And what you can do at the same time <clears throat> is measure your sweat rate as well. Yep. And that's a nude pre-weight before, yep. nude pre-weight afterwards, weighing yourself with the bottles you're going to be drinking. Of course. That's the important part. Yep. You go out, do your hour or two hour, whatever the session might be, <clears throat> record the uh, temperature and humidity yep. because that's important. You want to know how much you're sweating at a certain temperature yep. and humidity um, and the difference between your post and – sorry, your difference, the difference between your pre and post weight, let's say it's you know two kilo difference, that's an approximation of two litre loss in that time. So – it sort of gives you an understanding of of how you know whether you're a moderate, a low, moderate, or heavy sweater. Yeah, right. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So people people that are uh, from Queensland uh, <coughs> and Western Australia, um, what what sort of advice would you give to them to prepare themselves to to come to Tassie in the middle of winter? Would you jump in the fridge for a couple of hours every night? Or? No, no, it's probably not really. If, you, if you're going to a much hotter race, then, you know, there's there's you know, there's benefits in heat acclimation and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite um, a bit of that when people are going to Hawaii and, yeah. and things like that, like, um, you know, go for a run with a garbage bag on or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that, but that's where you need to be careful in your training that, you know, you're, you're managing your losses properly mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people do heat training but not manage their losses that well and end up, you know, getting sick or, you know, sore muscle tears, that sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but going to a cold conditions, I think there's really not much you can do, but you just need to dress more appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sounds oh. Excuse me. All right. And uh, we move on to your to the calories. You've got two products. You've got your, your gels and your bars. Um, as, you, as you've said previously, the best way to, to find out what's best for you is to trial. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, different ingredients for each one. Uh, one's rice and one's date. Um, corn. Corn, sorry. Corn, yeah. corn and date. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much as simple as that just give them a go and and see what works best for you yeah it, it's um it's that personal preference you, you no one can tell you what's going to work best for you yeah. you're you're the expert in that in that uh situation only you can understand what's work, going to work best for you yeah um based on how your digestive system works because yeah. that is wildly unique with every individual yeah so you know the, um, what the, the how something tastes and the interesting thing is how it tastes at rest compared to how it tastes at taste elevated heart rate. Yeah. Our taste prof- the profile can change. Yeah. So there's so many different things that, you know, we, we have a very sound understanding that everyone is different. Yeah. There's no two athletes alike. So I think that's the, the way that every athlete needs to think about their hydration and nutrition and their training as well, is that they're an individual and they need to find things that work best for them. Um, I used to think that uh, gels were just for uh, short races, like uh, short one-hour cross-country races and things like that. I didn't actually realise that people use them for for ultra-endurance and, um, you know, 24-hour mountain bike races and all that sort of thing, like they're they're suitable for any sport really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we cross over to lots and lots of different sports. I'm working a lot with motocross, uh, superbike riders and all that sort of stuff, which is very short. 
But, and this is something we haven't touched on before, um, the mental side of it, processing information. Yeah, yeah. Because hydration or dehydration and not fueling yourself probably has a massive effect on um, or massive impact on how your brain functions. Yeah. And this is where for the devil's cardigan, uh, it's a little different if it's people coming from roadies uh, or from the road, then <clears throat> of course you need to concentrate, you need to be very aware of the people around you. But with gravel riding, there's way more things you need to think about. So that's where you're using a lot more energy than you would normally. Um, and the analogy or a simple analogy there is uh, road running to um, doing trail running. Yeah. The the energy expenditure for trail running is way more because you're having to think a lot more about where you're putting each foot. So when, when you're um, stepping through rocks and... You need to be a lot more mentally alert. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, with the cardigan, um, when you get to some... Our descent, our, uh, you know, you want to be fully alert and um, switched on. You don't want to have any fatigue. You don't want to be vague in any way. And uh, I think you used to, when when you supported us with the TAS grab, you, you spoke about that a lot, how, uh, you know, with the, the technical descents that we used to use in the enduros, um, you need to be you need to be full nourished and, and thinking properly before you drop in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and glucose is the single most important fuel for the brain. Okay. And we need that circulating blood glucose to feed the brain constantly. And we have some stored glycogen in our liver which releases into the bloodstream that our brain can access but yeah the <clears throat> the more information you have to process the yeah. quicker we go through that internal stores yeah so if it's a a course that's very technical we will go through that stores way quicker than we would normally so that's where the gels and the bars become really important not only providing energy for the muscle uh, but also for the brain to be functioning as optimally as possible during the, the whole event. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. Well, um, I think we've I think we've covered most things there, Daryl. Yeah. That's been a good chat. Uh, we'll just uh, one of your resources you have available that I've uh, had a listen to myself is your book, uh, Sweat, Think, Go Faster, which you elaborate pretty much on everything you've you've spoke about in the last half hour. Um, it's a good read. Head to the Coda website if you'd like a copy of that. And uh, for our competitors, uh, Coda's also offering a 10% discount. Uh, you'll get a code in an email uh, once you've registered. Um, we'll get that through to you. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to chat about, Daryl, before we go? Uh, no, just uh, oh, the, the um, audio book, Sweat, Think, Go Faster, is basically all the applied research over the years that I've yep. done and just all the thinking behind um the the products and how they're constructed and all that sort of stuff so that's right um yeah, it's good to listen to while you're on the wind train or out having a ride yeah. um yeah i certainly got a lot out of it when i had to listen to it daryl mm. yeah thanks mate. And what's the uh what's the best way to get in touch with you guys have you got a yeah the, the website website yeah codenutrition.com um you know if there's any you know, we, we might even open up another podcast at some point if everyone's got questions or anything yeah, like sure. that. Um, if you want to fire in some questions, we can we yep. can get them answered. And, um, yeah, that that's probably a good way to do it, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, if you have any questions there, um, wherever we put this, so there might be a bit of a forum, you can uh, put some comments there or you can message uh, Devil's Cardigan or Daryl Direct 
and um, and we'll get back to you. Thanks for your time, Daryl. No worries. Thanks for having me. See you, mate. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this conversation between Daryl and Danny. As Daryl said, training with your nutrition prior to race day is key for a fun and fast day out on the bike. Don't hesitate to reach out to Coda Nutrition for a sweat test if that interests you like it does me now. And if you have entered for this year's race, you will have received a discount code via email to use when purchasing any Coda products online. And be sure to follow Coda Nutrition on their socials to keep up to date with the latest science around sports nutrition and hydration. If you have any follow-up questions for Daryl, send them in to us via our social media inboxes or by email at info at devilscardigan.com.au. Now, two months is left till race day. Keep training. Put the work in now so you can enjoy the big day in June, and we will catch you next time.